Hey, this is Stephen Dar, author of Profit Hacking, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp, and I love to go around the world and find the best guests that I can bring for your benefit. And we love to go through their journeys, find out what inspired them to get into the mobile, get into the app space, and what they're up to now. And so today I've been joined by an entrepreneur called Emmanuel Belletti. I'm really excited about this chat because we have a shared experience. We've had uh, we realized that we have a lot in common uh, in our pre-chat. So I wanted to introduce him. He's uh, the co-founder of HeyCrowd, the HeyCrowd app. So just search for that uh, in your app store. And he's going to talk to us about that and his uh, current endeavors. So Emmanuel, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Hi, thanks, Paul. Uh, glad to be here. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I uh, have to get straight into our shared experience. I used to be uh, a finance guy. I was in London, and uh, in our pre-chat, we both realized we, we both worked for Lazard, uh, and you worked for Paris, I worked in London. Uh, what made you move out of finance into being more entrepreneurial? Perhaps you can go back to that part of your journey. Yeah, so... Um... I think um, when when I started, I graduated uh, from uh, with a degree in uh, statistics and finance, and so um, I, I thought it would be great to just start my career like anyone uh, in my in my class and and start getting a job in the, in the same uh, field. And I actually found one I was pretty excited about. Um, it was um, doing uh, uh, financial advisory. More specifically, we were doing debt restructuring for emerging countries. So I got to do some pretty uh, original uh, work like uh, advising uh, banks in Kazakhstan to restructure their debts. Um, and actually there was a bit of travel and, and some other uh, mission that we were working on were really exciting. So it was great, but uh, I think after about two years, um, I felt like... Um, I, I wasn't sure I wanted to be to do that for twenty years, basically. And uh, yeah, let's talk about always, that because I remember looking around the room and seeing the you know people that were successful, you know that they'd been in the industry for years, and it became extremely institutionalized. And I I was very worried about going down that same route. Is that how you felt at the time? Yeah, there's there's some of that, and I think. Uh, Part of it is that it's it's a great career for people who are very risk averse. Um, so, if, like, I wasn't like that. Like, like I, I didn't mind taking risks, and um, and I think the people there were mostly, um, even though the job was sometimes really interesting, um, the, the career path was uh, very long. So sometimes it takes years and years be- before you can. Uh, actually uh, get to really high responsibilities um, and um, I, like it's just I think it's great for some people I have one of my best friends who's still uh, in the team there and uh, I think he really loves it and he loves the thrill and the and the stress also that that comes from it um, and the money for sure 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, we all uh, miss that. That's for sure. And I think the longer you're in it, the harder it gets to to move out. Exactly, and that's what I thought, and that's why I thought I, I would have to to quit now <laughs> before, because the the more I was about to to stay, uh, the harder it, it would get to leave. Yeah. So just for people listening right now, I want I want the listeners, the Appster tribe, to think about their own life as well, and. And just hear your words uh, because they're so powerful in a way that we can look at our our future and, and almost make a decision of what do we prefer: take a bit of risk and become an entrepreneur, or uh, stick with the career that takes a long time to to get. So, so, so then you you had the courage to leave. How did that feel? Yeah, and, and also on the same note, uh, I remember at the time I read an interview um, of um, an entrepreneur I really admire. Um, his name is uh, Omar Hamoui, and is um, actually quite—he um, should be quite famous uh, among mobile uh, people because he he founded AdMob, the mobile advertising uh, company, and uh, later sold it for I think eight hundred million dollars to Google or something like that. And uh, he said something along the lines of. People really tend to overestimate the, the risk associated with uh, uh, starting a company and uh, leaving your job. And um, if if you really like write down what the worst that can happen, it, it's it's really generally not that bad unless you invest a lot of money. Uh, but if you stay pretty lean, uh, generally in the worst case scenario, you can still get back on track on your career even if. Uh, what you do as an entrepreneur completely fails, and I think uh, once you realize that, uh, you you have a little less fear associated with. Uh... Yeah, that's a really good point. Actually, a lot of people think that you're compromising uh, salary and wealth in a way uh, by uh, leaving a, a successful career and going going out on your own. But what you're saying is, and what you've learned from. Uh, the, as your, your experience is that it's not the case and uh, that you can actually recover your wealth uh, but have a lot more fun doing it yeah if you want to <laughs> so, so you handed your notice in you you then what what happened next so um i um i had this idea I, so i had a background in statistics and uh, i was looking for ideas to start a company uh in the in the perimeter of uh, statistics and uh, data analysis and things like that and that got me to um, to to think about the survey industry of uh, opinion polls and uh, polling companies and and panels, and um, what I realized at the time it was about uh, it, it was during uh, I think the summer two thousand nine the first time I had the idea was when I was still at my job, and um, I realized um, that the, mo- the mobile device uh, and especially smartphones and the iPhone would be a great way to collect opinions from people and uh, a better way than just answering uh, surveys on uh, either on your on your landline phone or uh, on the web. Um, and I think mobile as a personal device and with a great user experience would be a really cool way of answering opinion polls and surveys. And um, I had this idea of doing a purely mobile uh, survey company, basically. Wonderful. Actually, you remind me of my episode 72 with Trevor Page, where we talked about survey, uh, his, his software survey to sale. And so, okay, so um, that's, is that how then you uh, got into mobile? Then you had this idea, uh, w- w- did you monetize it before you left or, or did you 
Uh, did you? No. Know? So um, it, it was. Uh, I think yeah. Some part of the original vision was a, a market uh, vision, and uh, but of course when I started, uh, a lot of things that I thought were true uh, uh, didn't work that well, and uh, especially I, I, I think sometimes when you're not like you tend to be very optimistic about uh, your business idea, and I just thought that uh, we could do some kind of app where people uh, could um, answer surveys and. Uh, then we could uh, sell companies to to uh, do some market research uh, surveys with our mobile panel, and uh, and perhaps um, reward those uh, respondents with uh, with something. But actually, when we started, um, and uh, maybe we'll go about the process of uh, building the first app later. But um, we we just uh, launched a, a first product with two parts. One was a, a part that was pretty social where anyone could ask a question to the community of respondents and uh, vote on other people's questions. And another part was more corporate where we would get uh, companies to, uh, we would sell them the fact that they can uh, launch their survey on, uh, on the platform. And when the app was launched, the, the corporate part was uh, a big failure and uh, actually we, we, we didn't have enough arguments to, to convince companies to do that and to pay us. But on the other side, uh, the social uh, part of the product uh, was really taking off in surprising ways. So people were asking hundreds of questions and they were voting uh, thousands of times. And uh, it was pretty addictive, uh, this part. And so I decided to focus on that. And it's almost, uh, I love hearing you talk about this because in a way you can only find that out by doing it rather than trying to theorize about it. And so... Uh, what I'm guessing then is that you had an idea and you left on the idea and you started f funding this yourself. Is that right? Rather than uh, seek angel money or uh, getting a bank loan or venture capital money. Yeah. So for about a year, it was uh, it was just financed by uh, by me, and I think I I, I had put something like uh, between ten and twenty thousand euros that I had from my previous job into it. No. That that was all I had basically in, in cash. So, well, Emmanuel, this is uh, absolutely inspiring because there's so many uh, people listening who have actually done the same thing. And I'd love to give the Appster tribe a little uh, bit of advice from you. You know, when you uh, downgrade in a way from your own job to then funding your own life and your own company, have you got any tips for people to get like through that first year, which can be, I can imagine, really tough to transition? Um. Yeah. So um, one thing that I didn't have at the time and that uh, I do not, I do have now is that I didn't think I had the technical ability to build part of the product. So I had to outsource it and uh, part of it at, uh, at least, and um, and that costed money and that got us through launching a first version. But uh, once your app is is out there, um, it's really just the beginning because. Whether it's a success or a failure, in, in both cases, you still have to work on it. And, and if it's a success, you're going to want to, uh, to make it even better and uh, to launch uh, different updates. And if it's a failure, uh, even more. So um, at the time, I had some money um, to finance the, the, first, um, the, the first version of the app, basically. But after that, what happened is that uh, I recruited uh, a co-founder uh, who came on board and, that, and who... 
uh, started coding on the the iOS, the app side, and I started teaching myself uh, Ruby on Rails to work on the um, on the backend. And that took us some time to get there, but that made all the difference in the in the years after because we were really independent in the in in building this product. Yeah, Emmanuel. So I was going to ask you that. There's so many people that I hear that get so disappointed in a way because they have their big idea and they go to uh, a, a an agency an app agency and they get this enormous quote to build the app and it puts them off in a way because you know, typically what 10 20 uh, thousand uh, I, I was being quoted when I had app ideas um, several years ago so uh, yeah uh, that, that's really good advice to actually you know learn this stuff yourself and then trying to build components of it at least yourself and, and reducing the outsource cost yeah, and uh, actually, so I was uh, in the beginning in the same situation, and uh, I, I interviewed and I, I got quotes from different people, whether it would be uh, uh, outsourcing it in in, uh, in in other countries or uh, freelancers or uh, agencies. Agencies were really expensive, and the, and the, the sweet spot I think is uh, uh, trying to find uh, good engineers who are starting their their either their small uh, dev shop. Uh, and uh, they don't have a lot of, um, of preferences yet, and uh, you can be their first client. And if they're they're good technical people, they they usually can deliver a lot. And that, that's what happened uh, with me. And and I think you shouldn't necessarily look at the cheapest option because uh, if the first version is is gonna be half ass, uh, you, you you're not gonna be able to to pull to pull that off after that. Um, yeah, this is just so, so interesting because I, again, I want to you know remind the audience that uh, I I made my big mistakes when I left um, the city because I was first of all I had no idea what I was doing and uh, the second thing is that uh, I invested in people and outsourced and spent money on the technical sides of things that I couldn't do and that's ultimately what led to the most money because. Uh, if I'd have been able to do stuff that I was paying for these uh, employees to do, then I would have uh, saved a a lot of money. So uh, if anyone's listening, uh, just take that advice. That's really strong advice, isn't it, Emmanuel? Yeah. And um, and in in the first, also you, in the beginning, in the first um, six to 10 months uh, of building the first version of your product, even though I was really involved with uh, both the developer and the designers to, 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 to build the project, uh, I also had some time on my hand, and um, what I did was um, uh, a little bit of consulting to 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 pay the bills during that time as well. Oh right, okay, that's good. So then, uh, in terms of the uh, where we are with the app, uh, what happened then? To, what did you learn from the app when you launched and got it out there? Yeah, so I, I had no idea uh, how it would. Uh, Play out. Uh, the very, very first version of the app uh, with a different name was launched uh, in December 2010, um, and um, and I remember remember at the time, uh, and that's something also that uh, I, uh, I I saw on the App Store. Uh, I was looking for basically different apps in the same with the same concept or in the opinion poll space, and um, there were like uh, two of them. Uh, that I can think of, and one of them uh, was founded by someone you you interviewed on the on a podcast. It was uh, iVote, and uh, now I think that there must be like a hundred or two hundred uh, pulling apps. <laughs> I know. So, so really, the, it's it's become incredibly competitive now, and uh, everyone's copying everyone else, and it's 
you had a benefit of being there slightly earlier than the, you know when before the wave of uh, copycats came into the market. Yeah. And uh, so what happened when, when we launched is, uh, yeah, as I said, uh, the social part, people were, uh, I was just looking at the, at the back end and, uh, and the database. And so the, the most um, surprising thing was people were answering a lot of questions. So they could submit their own questions. So on average, a user would submit one question, but uh, sometimes they would answer uh, more than 200 or 300 questions, basically all uh, they, they were the user experience was really addictive because you could uh, you answer a question uh, when you vote you you see how you compare with others because you unlock the the statistics and then you just touch the screen again and uh, it goes to the next question and it's just a great time killer and uh, people were using it to answer uh, tens of questions uh, in a, in a few minutes. Oh right, okay. So, and how were you monitoring all this? Uh, you said you're a statistics man. What, what what sort of integration did you use? What services do you did you use to to help you with the user feedback, the user engagement, the the numbers? Yeah. So, um, the, the the I think one thing that was really cool is that uh, we could use our own product to uh, to to ask people for feedback because uh, and, and sometimes even our own users because people were asking questions. So sometimes they would ask questions like, uh, uh, "Do you prefer to eat uh, at McDonald's or at Wendy's?" But sometimes it would be uh, about music bands, and sometimes they would ask questions about the app itself. So they would ask things such as, uh, "Do you like the name of the app? Um, do you um, prefer to ask questions or to answer questions?" And that generated a lot of data. Uh, within those polls that we could use to basically uh, hear what the community had to say. Oh, what a great idea. So you already had an inbuilt functionality there to, to extract yeah. all this from the, the users because they're using it as part of the app. Yeah, and uh, yeah, until even now, it's it's still the case and that's still uh, very valuable. And I know in, when we were pre having a pre-chat, you said that you were uh, moving on from uh, d doing just uh, mobile apps, and uh, you're getting into SaaS. So I wondered if you could talk through, uh, you know, what, what, why it is you're doing that, and um, I, I guess is it a better market? Is it too competitive now? T tell us a little bit about your thought process on why you're moving over to SaaS. Yeah. So basically, uh, that requires that I, I tell a bit more about the story uh, of HeyCrowd first. Um, but um, yeah, you feel so free. Feel free. Yeah, carry on with HeyCrowd. Yeah. That, uh, that that was a pretty long story because it, it, I think the f it's, it's almost uh, four years ago than uh, it started. And um, so for the, about the first year, we, we had great engagement and we were working uh, on the product, but um, it, it, it wasn't really taking off in terms of, uh, of downloads. So I don't know, after maybe uh, a year or something, we, we, a year or two, we had still uh, less than 50,000 downloads, I think, in total. And um, and at some point it started to took off. And um, one thing that we did in particular, uh, uh, we were promoted on uh, some kind of app gratis like service in France, um, where uh, we would be like the the app of the day. And um, I, I was I, we we paid for that like five uh, five or ten thousand uh, euros, and I was expecting uh, at least fifty thousand downloads from it. And uh, we got less than that, I think, fifteen or twenty thousand. And I was pretty disappointed uh, 
uh, at the time. But what happened is that in, in, the, in the weeks and the months coming after that, I think it, it got us uh, above a certain threshold in the App Store. And we started ranking really well uh, because we had great ratings, uh, generally 4.5 out of 5. And um, we had a good engagement. And we started also um, uh, doing some work in uh, App Store optimization. And um, that got us to, to, to be really ranked well in, in different countries on certain keywords. And, and it was completely free. So we also had some word of mouth, especially among uh, the, the younger demographic, like teenagers. And, um, and, and so fast forward, um, now we, we have about a million downloads on the app. Um, and uh, people have asked uh, more than a million questions more than a million polls have been created in different countries. And uh, the most striking figure, I think, is that they have um, voted about 300 million times. So we, we collected uh, 300, 300 million opinions on the app. Um, so that's that's a lot of data. And that, that's for the what worked. Well, that's, well, what that's wonderful. Work. Let me just recap yeah. then and what you've been saying is that... Uh, it, you you had uh, 50,000 downloads over the first year of the app and then you decided to take a big risk in a way and spend uh, what tw- uh, 10,000 euros or so on this uh, promotional campaign, which only led to about 20,000 downloads, which you were disappointed in because that's quite a high uh, amount to pay for those. But then ultimately that gave you uh, enough a, a clout to, to be ranked by the Apple App Store and then have the word of mouth. But you only had the confidence of doing that because you had a really good uh, app that was being reviewed well and you had confidence in the app. Yeah, we really uh, thought we, we, we had to, to, to be uh, persistent because we, we really liked the product that we had. We knew that the community uh, was really engaged and liked it. And we, we we just needed a way to um, to kickstart the the growth and uh, and uh, have it snowballed from from here and uh, so we took the risk and uh, yeah I forgot to mention that um, uh, just a bit before that we we uh, raised uh, a small angel round uh, of money about one hundred and fifty thousand euros and um, so we had a little bit of cash at the time otherwise I don't think we, we could have. Uh, done that, that thing. And um, also, uh, we had uh, participated in a startup event uh, called Le Web, um, which is a web conference, but they have a startup competition and we, we were um, uh, awarded with the, the, the second place. So we, we got a lot of exposure from it also. And, uh, and, and, and that's right after that that we decided to... Uh, to uh, to do something to force a little bit the, the growth. So, so the uh, number of downloads then has been going uh, really high. You're up to 1 million. Uh, you must have raised a lot more since then, I'm guessing, because of the success of the app. Is, is that right? And have you focused more on Angel or is it VC money? Or t- Tell us about your, you know, the, the funding because that's such a common question I get from uh, my apps to tribe audience. No, actually, we, we haven't raised any any more money after that. Um, the so we raised um, 150,000 euros from uh, two different investors. Uh, one was a seed fund uh, called um, Kima Ventures, um, who really actively invests in uh, in a lot of companies. I think they have made uh, hundreds of investments, 
And generally, it's uh, about the same ticket size, about a hundred thousand dollars. And um, they, they were the first to, uh, to try it. The story behind it is actually uh, is a good one. Um, so the, the the fund is made of of two people uh, in the beginning. Um, most of the money comes from uh, Xavier Niel, who is uh, one of the most famous entrepreneurs in France and also one of the the, the richest. <laughs> And uh, he created um, Free, which is uh, um, one of the first internet service provider in the country. And also, in the in the past uh, two years, they've launched uh, a mobile operator. Um, and um, what happened, and that's why the, the story gets interesting, is that we had uh, some questions in the app uh, about uh, Free's uh, about their company's uh, product, which was uh, the Free Box. It was basically a, a box that would uh, that you would get in your house, and it would get you cable TV, uh, internet connection, and uh, landline phone for the for your for your house. And um, and they, they just launched that new product, and people were um, just genuinely asking questions and creating polls about it, like, "What do you like most in the in the in the free box? Do you like the the Blu-ray, or do you like the design, or?" Do you like that that price point or things like that? And so we we had some interesting data data about it. So I I thought I would send it out to um, uh, Jeremy Beribi, who is the the the, the the guy managing the fund, and he found the, the data really interesting, and he forwarded it to um, to Xavier Niel and to uh, the the guys uh, there at that company, and they liked it, and that that got him curious about uh, the app, and he he started. Uh, Downloading it and trying it, and he liked it. And basically, uh, a few months later, uh, we got an, inv- an investment from them. Well, that, what a wonderful story! Honestly, uh, congratulations to you. And, and it just almost teaches us how creative you can get by being helpful and adding value to others. And just reaching out and providing those statistics ultimately then led to a big injection of uh, angel fund to your your company. So, what a wonderful story! Thanks for sharing that. And so, uh, you know, in the story, then we're, um, I guess we're we've got about five minutes left. Uh, I want to make sure we cover everything. And uh, we, you've got the app now, and it's it's obviously running. And uh, I'm feeling that in the pre-chat, you did say that you were looking to uh, move into uh, the SaaS area. What, what's what's taking you away from mobile in a way? Yeah. So, um, so, so I mentioned already what was uh, working with the app, but. Uh, what was not working and what was really more challenging uh, was retention and monetization. Both things we we had a lot of uh, issue with. Uh, first, retention because people were um, really uh, uh, extremely active on the app in the first uh, few days and the first few weeks, uh, a bit like a game actually. And um, but after three months, six months. Uh, they would get uh, a bit tired of it and uh, not use it as much. And that was a a pretty big challenge. Um, And the other thing was monetization because uh, since we didn't have a big um, daily active user base because, uh, uh, as I mentioned, uh, people were leaving after a while, um, we we acquired a lot of users, but uh, a lot were (coughs) uh, getting out after a while. So... Uh, all in all, we didn't have a, a lot of growth in in the daily active user base, and that's really what uh, drives what you can do with uh, advertising. 
So we so we didn't make a lot of money. Uh, it was almost uh, negligible the, the amount of money we we made from uh, advertising, and uh, in app purchase as well, we didn't, never found a really good um, performing product uh, in uh, in app purchase. And um, and the other thing that we had high hopes for uh, is to to get companies to to do some market research by using our our app as a as a mobile panel. We had uh, we got a few clients here and there, uh, but that wasn't really a, a scalable process uh, to to acquire them, and it was a bit of a different company. Like uh, that's something also that I didn't know in the beginning. But um, between having a, a mobile consumer product, which is basically a social network um, uh, where people ask questions to each other and it's just a really active community on one side, and on the on the other side. Having the the, the commercial uh, manpower to to get customers to sell research services uh, to produce um, market research report of that data and that's two different companies almost so uh, we we kind of managed to create the first one but uh, we we didn't have any time left to to build the other um, so we hit that wall and and. Uh, along along the process, we also uh, created a lot of technology around uh, surveys and uh, including uh, a web survey tool. And we decided to uh, uh, rebrand it to uh, Survey Nuts uh, with another name and, and to launch it into a, a different product, uh, which is a web product, uh, a competitor to uh, Survey Monkey and Likes. And uh, so focusing on a great user experience and uh, also uh, the cross device functionality of. Having the service uh, perform well on mobile. Well, uh, I, that's, that explains a lot. Now, in the last few minutes, I can't let you go without uh, asking you what your favorite apps are. This is the App Guy podcast, and and what we'd love you to do is grab your phone wherever it is, and uh, would you be able <laughs> yeah, to? Uh, <laughs> well, it's always <laughs> close by the guests, and and grab your phone and, and tell me one or two apps that uh, you could recommend to us uh, that uh, you may think we haven't come across before. Yeah. So first of all, uh, Hey Crowd is still out there, and uh, you can try it. And we haven't completely given up on it, so we're still going to make some updates, especially to increase retention. Um, but um, I have to say that the first that comes to mind is an app called Nuzzle, um, N-U-Z-Z-E-L, and it's a great news app. Honestly, it, it's become uh, really a part of my uh, daily routine. What it does is you connect Nozzle to um, uh, Facebook and Twitter or the, or the, the social networks that you want. And um, it's going to uh, uh, surface uh, the articles and uh, that are most shared by your network uh, every day. And like if nine people out of your uh, Twitter uh, follower following um, share the same article, you're going to get a push notification uh, with it. And Really, really often it's an it's an article you you want to read, and I really like this idea that it's more pull than push, so um, it, you lose less time uh, uh, browsing uh, news on the web and and more uh, having the right ones. Great, that's uh, nuzzle. I mean, I'll make sure that we have links to those. At, if just go to theappguy.co for you listening, theappguy.co, and just search for episode two two four with uh, Emmanuel Belletti, and you'll see uh, links to the uh, apps that we're mentioning and also then to uh, the Hey Crowd app and uh, other things that we've discussed. 
Emmanuel, thank you very much for coming on the show. And uh, how best can we reach out and connect with you? How's the best way of getting in touch? Thank you, Paul. Um, so you can either on Twitter. Uh, so my handle is uh, ebelity, E-B-E-L-L-I-T-Y. And uh, if you want to shoot an email, it's the same, uh, ebelity at uh, gmail.com. Wonderful. Well, thanks for coming on. What a wonderful uh, shared experience that, you know, like you've had uh, the journey with Hey Crowd. You've got a lot of stuff going on. Wish you all the best. And uh, thanks for coming on to the App Guy podcast. Thank you, Paul. That, that was uh, that was great. <laughs> thanks.